Um, dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for allowing us to come this weekend, um, allowing us to just come together and to focus in on, um, most importantly, our relationship with you, but also our relationship with one another, God. Um, I'm so very, very grateful for the women that you've put in my life, and so um, getting to um, just communicate with God, I know how much it's, it has uh, helped me, and I, I just pray today, God, that um, you will use um, anything that, um, that I might say to be able to help someone else um, because of your word, God. Um, thank you for sending your son and for just um, always loving us and always forgiving us and for just being an awesome father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, uh, so today um, we're going to talk about, am I my sister's keeper? And the answer to that is obviously yes. The question is whether or not I'm going to be uh, a good um, a good sister's keeper or a bad one. And um, for most of you know, I have three children, um, and I have two teenagers. So um, one of the things that we talk about a lot is you're always going to be something. It's not really a question of whether or not you're going to be an example, like for instance, when you go into your high school or whatever, you're going to either be a good example or you're going to be a bad example. You know, you can't be just like a non-existent sibling, like with them. I'm like, you're either a good sister, or a bad sister, either a good brother or a bad brother, because that's just the way that we're designed. Is that we, the way we interact with one another, is is really, it's it's very very hard to just be completely non-existent. So for us, in our relationship with one another, and our relationship with God, when he says that, um, that we're to, be, to take care of one another, it's not a matter of like, well, I can just be completely neutral. I can just come and I can, I can just you know, have my relationship with God and then it just ends there. We're either going to benefit one another's lives or we're going to hinder it. And sometimes for someone like me growing up that was like a good church kid, I really had to get that concept through my hard head. Is that I can't just go and just do like the like not bad things. I really do have to be an active, um, caring, intricate part of other people's lives and let other people be that for me. And that was probably one of the hardest things for me to to understand and to be able to implement into my in my relationship with God. So we're going to look um, through our main text. Um, is Genesis 4, 1 through 10. Um, I've been stumbling over reading out loud a lot lately, so please bear with me. I don't know what's wrong with me right now, but I'm having a hard time. And I also don't have my contacts and glasses, so it's going to be real fun. Um, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very, <clears throat> was very angry, and his face was down at then the Lord asked Cain, why are you angry? What, um, why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. 
Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and he killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said to him, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So God asked Cain this question, Cain, where's your brother Abel? And his response is, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Again, like I said, I had three children. I don't know is like the most aggravating answer that I could ever get when I ask my children a very straightforward, simple answer that I know they know. But I'm like, hey, why did you do this? I don't know. Oh, nothing says like apathy, like, like I almost feel like I would rather them spit in my face than be like, I don't know. Ew, it just drives me crazy. And I just think about Cain's response to God and I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? It just sounds so <laughs> just so disrespectful, so smart, Alec. And I look at it and it's it's just it, it not only did he do something horrible, but his response afterward afterwards was just it was just like I said, so disrespectful, so so uncaring in the sense that it didn't even seem to have bothered him. You know, his response was obviously an excuse to avoid the truth. And the answer is really obvious to anyone who knows anything about what God has to say about the importance of love. But the problem is, is that we often have that same response when it comes to our personal relationships with one another, with other women, with other girls in in our ministry, is that we can be like very, um, like I said, just very apathetic to it. Like, hey, what's going on with her? I don't know. Is that my responsibility? Like, oh, man, she's, like, really, ugh, like, really seems on edge. Like, what's going on with her? And instead of, like, I, I should get to the root of this problem. Maybe there's something there. Maybe she's hurting. Maybe she's lashing. Really loud. <laughs> maybe, they're, maybe she's lashing out for a particular reason, and I should figure it out. Our responses can tend to be, I don't know. That's not my problem. Am I correct? Have anybody else ever been there before where you're like, sucks to be, sucks, sucks for that, but that's not my, I got my own stuff to deal with. And, um, and the, and the thing about it is that we look at is we can look and we can really villainize, um, Cain, man, what a horrible, what a horrible man, what a horrible brother, you know, this happened and he murdered him. And then his attitude was my, my brother's keeper, not my problem. And, it really, he really truly destroyed something that could have been something amazing. And too often with our attitudes towards one another, we can destroy something that could, could be something that could benefit not only our lot, my life, their life, but so many other people's lives who are either watching or participating in the, in the fellowship. But too often that, that attitude of like, not my problem or, like, I don't really care, or a lot of other things that we're going to talk about that kind of go into that, they get in the way, and, and it really it really affects, negatively affects what God has planned for us. When I look at what does it mean to be my sister's keeper, um, the original language, a keeper, is a verb. It, um, its definition is to hedge, to guard, to watch out for, to regard. Um, for a lot of us at, in our speak, it would be to have someone's back, to be someone's person, that person that they can go to, that person who's going to always be looking out for them. Um, as a former athlete, I, when I hear keeper, I think of like a goalkeeper. Um, you know, and, I, and I looked up what the actual definition of that is, and it's a player who protects the goal. And what is the goal 
And I think sometimes we have to ask ourselves this. Is the goal of our relationships to have a good friend? Because sometimes I think that we can kind of get stuck in that, in the trivial or the, or the, um, or the short term of like, well, she's not a very good friend, or that's not really what I need or what I want right now, or that's not really where, you know, like, to to be there for her or to t- or to deal with her her drama or to allow someone to be involved in my life right now. It really takes away from these other things that I have planned. But what is the what is your ultimate goal? If your ultimate goal is the kingdom of God, if your ultimate goal is for you to grow the most in your relationship with God and to help other people grow the most in their relationship with God, then I'm going to take that and I'm going to be someone who's going to look at it as that's my job to protect. It's my job to protect the girls in my group. And sometimes they don't like that. Sometimes their goal is to protect me and I don't like the things that maybe they say or the things that they do. I have a say, I have something, I've said it. You guys, have, if you've ever been here before, you've heard me say it. If you've ever been in ministry, you've heard me say it. If you've never had conflict with anyone, if no one's ever, none of your BFFs have ever been mad at you or ever been like, I don't like what you have to say, then you're probably not doing the things that you should do. Because at some point, in t- and maybe not mad, because there are, we can be mature about it and be like, I don't like what you have to say, but I know I need to hear that. But... I can't think of a single person that I am, like, that's my person. That's my that's my girl. That's who I'm close to. Like, who's helped me grow in my relationship with God? I can't think of a single person where there's never been anything that they've said or done to me that maybe I was like, ooh, ouch, that hurt, or I don't like that, or, or even had a yelling, screaming match with. You know, there are girls that I look at and I see today, I'm like, man, they've grown into awesome godly women wives and mothers but i can remember those ugly times when they were in college when they did not like what i had to say and i was like well you know what too bad like i love you too much to watch you do this with your life it's my job is to protect you protect your relationship with god um it's your job to look out for me in that same sense so when we look at these things ask yourself like do i see is my goal to make sure that i am protecting the women around me's relationship with God. If I see someone doing something or going down a path that is maybe not going to be beneficial for them, am I like, whoo, not my problem. Look, no one's mad at me or I'm not involved in anyone else's drama. Are you willing to get your hands dirty to make sure? And I'm not saying be a control freak. I'm not saying like start stuff where there doesn't need to be stuff started. We can be mature about it and know, but we also need to make sure that we're not so hands-off that we're like, am I her keeper? Because the answer is yes. Yes, I am. So today we're going to look at three parts to look at a sister's keeper, kind of test, kind of like a litmus, you know, to see where I'm at and how am I doing at being my sister's keeper. The first one is association. Um, I can't be a keeper without being associated with someone. Do I invest, this is the question to ask yourself, do I invest time in my, in my, in my sisters and my girlfriends and the girls in my group when it's, when it's easy and when it's difficult? Like I said, we've all, okay, we're all girls, right? We all have that time where you just like, you wake up and man, it's just, it's ugly, right? I, I know for me, I just have those days when I'm just like, ugh, I don't feel right. I feel like my heart is dark. I don't really want to do the right thing and 
I know I'm not alone in that. I know that we've all been there. Nobody wakes up every morning and is like, man, I'm so cheerful. I'm so ready to attack the day and just be the, exactly what God has, you know, and it doesn't matter who says what to me or whatever. I will always respond with a smile and with a kind word, okay? I, and I know people who, for the majority, yes, that's them. But even those people have that day where they're ugly, And the thing that I'm the most grateful for, my relationship with God and the kingdom of God that I'm a part of, and it makes it so different from any of the friendships or relationships I had before, are the girls that are willing to stick by my side and be and associate with me when I'm at my ugliest. When I'm not maybe giving them, you know, what maybe what they need. You know, maybe they're the ones that are pouring into me. Maybe I'm the one like sending the text messages like, help, it's not pretty right now. You know, and also Am I willing to do that same thing for someone else? You know, being, having relationships, having friendships, having a ministry where it's just we, we associate with one another when it's like it's easy or I get along with her well or she doesn't annoy me or, or anything else like that. It's, it's, not, it's not the way that God designed it. You look at Cain and Abel and you couldn't have two separate people, right? It says like one is a hunter and one is... Um, well, let's see what the exact phrasing is, but basically one is one is a hunter, one is a gatherer, you know? And you have different kinds of people. Um, actually, it was funny because Rita was doing the same lesson um, for the teen girls, and we were kind of working on it together. And all of her analogies were harmony, and you know how sopranos and altos, and I was like, no, no, I don't know what that means. But I do know sports. So I know, so like she would make up like her things like this, and I was like, so when you, what you mean is, and I, so I like changed all of mine to like, because we couldn't be two different ends of the spectrum. Like even in writing a lesson about the exact same thing, she's like, you know, in like an alto part and a soprano part, they might be ugly apart, but together they're beautiful. And I'm like, no, I don't know. You guys are not singing just one high, one low. And my husband's like, no, it's not it's different. But for me, I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. But I'm like, well, if you have a team, you can't have, like, all centers and all point guards. That would be a horrible team. you got to have, like, you got to have your number four guard. And you got to have your – and she's looking at me, and everyone else is like, what? And I'm like, never Forget it. You know, but, but it's true. Like, we, we can be so completely different, but we can still function in the kingdom of God together. Um, but the problem was with Cain and Abel is that you had one that was – one that one whose interests were more this and one whose interests were more that. You had one who honestly seemed to be a bit more spiritual, seemed to be a bit, not didn't seem, was more obedient. When God comes to Cain, he says, what is your problem? Your problem is, is that you didn't do the right thing. So you're upset because your brother did the right thing. So sometimes it might be a natural inclination for us to be different, right? Like, some of us are where I, I like this more than, than you know, um, TC's lesson was talking about music and how Nathan will come to him and be like, this speaks to my soul. I'm married to one of those people that like, oh, it's music and this and that. And I'm, I'm not like that. My, more, my natural inclination may be towards something completely different than that. And that's, that's fine. God made us all different. But then there's the case where we're different sometimes because of our own sin. He's upset with his brother because his brother did the right thing and God said I'm happy with you and so God comes to him and he's like if you do the right thing like I don't know why you're so mad I don't know why your face looks like that like I love that God says that to him like why does your face look like that face is sad because you did the wrong thing and now you're mad 
if you just do the right thing, then we'll be good. But instead of instead of Cain looking at that and being like, oh, you know what? You're right. It's me. I can easily change this and just be obedient, and we can be on more of the same page. But instead of that, I'm going to be mad at you instead for doing the right thing. But yeah, we've all been there. We can, we can, I can read them and be like, oh, it's so silly. So immature of him to act that way. But I know I've been there before where I'm like, why? Why is, why, <laughs> me and Katie were talking about sweet. People who are so sweet. And they're like, oh, and we're like, yes, we're going to be that way. We're going to be so sweet. And then we're like, no, we're not. <laughs> we can't. Like, we and we're like, no, no, no. And two, I was like, 2018 is going to be the year. Oh, Hannah is so sweet. That's what people are going to say. But I'm like, but I can't figure out how to do it. And yet, and she's like, be yourself. And I was like, that's not what I was going to say. But, but yes, like, I, I really don't know how. Like, I have to be the bad guy a lot. I have to say a lot of hard things. So how can I be known as sugary sweet, but also be known as the one who's going to be, like, straightforward and tell people what they need to hear? And, and some of that comes down to, like, it's just my own sin. My own, you know, my natural inclination is not to be like, oh. But also, there's a lot of things that I know I could do better, but it's hard for me. And, I, and I'm stubborn and I don't want to change it. But I can look at people and be like, that's not fair that you're that way. Why does everybody like you? Why is this and that? Why do you seem to get along with everyone? But they choose to do the right kind of things that God tells them to do, godly things. And so therefore the relationships go smoother. And I'm like, hmm, that, that could be cool. I could try that. Or I could be rebellious like Cain was. Um, and, and so we have to look at it and we have to ask ourselves that. When I am associating with people, am I only going towards people that I have a natural inclination? We like the same things. We, uh, we dress the same. We... I don't know what it might be, what it might be for you, but, or am I somebody who's like, I'd like kind of my portfolio to be more diversified. I'd like my group of friends to be people that like, yeah, that's cool that you're not, it's cool that you're a fashionista. It's cool that like you're, I don't even know what other things are, you know, like, like, um, you know, but it's, is it, am I that way? Am I like, yeah, like, I might be a really loud and boisterous person, which I'm not naturally. I'm naturally a very quiet, shy person. But I'm so grateful that God put really loud, boisterous people in my life to help me to be something different than what I would have naturally been instead of just sitting in a corner all the time like I was before, you know? And so God puts those people in our lives. But am I someone who's like, I want to be around other people that are different from me? But then also as far as like the choices that I make and the life I choose to live. Am I like, you know what? She's squeaky clean and she won't, ha- she won't like the things that maybe I say or do. So I'd like to kind of cut her out or she drives me crazy because she's always trying to like be that one, like, you know, who's like teacher's pet or whatever, or you're the opposite. Like she really struggles. She's got a lot of, she's got a lot of crap in her life and I don't really want to get my hands dirty. It's really important that we we look at each other and we see each other for who we really are instead of all these stupid labels and and maybe things that maybe maybe are important but maybe they're not. Um we uh we naturally do spend time with those who we are comfortable with. And there are um there are at least two problems with that. The first one is um the sister that needs you 
or the, or the girl that you may need may be completely different than you. Their strengths may be your weaknesses, and their weaknesses may, may be your strength. Um, okay, so like I said, a lot of you guys know, some of you don't, but over the summer, I ruptured my Achilles, and I had like a complete tear, and had to have surgery, and be in a boot forever, and like couldn't even put like any pressure on it or whatever for a long time. So um, I do CrossFit, but I was like, I'm not gonna let this hold me back. Like a couple weeks after the surgery, I was like, I'm going back into the gym. I'm gonna do this stuff. So I literally would be like, like hopping along or like crawling from like place to place and doing this stuff. And I had to like modify, I had to like put my leg up on a bench when I would like lift weights or put my leg on like a ball when I do a row or whatever. So I have another friend who comes. And on every Saturday morning, we do partner wads where you take two people and you do this workout. It's really super hard and you have like 20, 30 minutes and you get it done. So I have another friend. She's a little bit older than me. She twisted her ankle really bad around the same time that I hurt my leg. So every Saturday, she would come up to me and be like, we're going to be partners, right? And every time I'd be like, Ruth, think about this. Why would you and I be partners in this? And she's like, because we both have a hurt ankle. I'm like, but... It doesn't make any sense. Everyone's going to destroy us, and we're going to be here twice as long because we're both going to be hobbling along, and we both have the same weakness. Like, neither one of us can do a... Because you can, like, break up a work. So say there was, like, 20 box jumps. Well, I'm like, uh, I can't do any of them, but I'll do extra kettlebell swings or something. So you can work it out for your strengths and weaknesses, which is why I really like Saturday morning workouts. Because I'm like, oh, I'll do all the weights. You do all the cardio. And but she, like, it was literally, like, two months. And, five, and like, every week she'd be like, we're partners. And I'm like, no, we're not. We're not going to be partners. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any, any sense. I have to pick someone who can jump on a box. I can't. I have to pick someone who can quickly get to the next place while I crawl over there. Like, but it just was really hard for her to understand. Because in her mind, it made sense that two people with the same weakness should stick together. And I was, and for me, who's a little bit more competitive and a little bit more like, well, I can barely, literally barely move from place to place. I'm going to go try to team up with someone who's got two strong legs. Now, maybe their upper body was more weak. So, I mean, my upper body got huge during these like six months. I was just like, I could like do anything I could do from a seated position. So it would make more sense for me to team up with somebody who maybe had a weaker upper body and for her, and who had two working legs. And so I look at that sometimes, and just like I would look at her every Saturday and be like, I'm not going to be your partner. I think we need to look at ourselves and see spiritually and even emotionally and and just in our general relationship with another, it is so good for us to have other people who have the complete opposite strengths and weaknesses of us. I need someone who's not going to be like, yeah. Like if I'm like, hmm, I said something. That came across as snotty and kind of rude. What do you think? And if they're also snotty and kind of rude, no, those seem great. (laughs) Way nicer than I would have said it. You know, Um, but if my goal is to be a more kind, sweet, compassionate person, I need to put myself around someone who's like, uh, I would not have said that that way. Like, you know, that maybe, maybe phrase it like this or that. But also I can maybe step into that person's life and be like, you know, you really beat around the bush a lot with that. 
They didn't really hear what they really needed to hear because you were so saturated with sweetness that, you know, it didn't get anywhere. But it's so important, and I I cannot say this enough. It is my favorite thing about my relationships with the girls in my ministry is seeing girls in my own life and seeing other girls take two completely opposite people and watch them become really good friends because you see that they are understanding, wait a minute, you have something that I lack and I can grow from that and to see them become more like each other in a good way. To see them, you know, you see someone, you're like, man, you used to really be a really mean hag, but you're not that way anymore. And so many times when I'll have a conversation with somebody like that, and obviously that's not always the way it's framed. Sometimes it is. And they'll, a lot of times they'll be like, it's because of my friend so-and-so. I see how she talks to people. I see how she relates to people. I see like that kindness that she has. You know, you see people who like never cried for like 10 years. And then all of a sudden, every time you see them, they have tears and they're like, I blame so-and-so. My friend over here, she's waterworks all the time. And now I like am all in my feels all the time. But it, it, and, and it also goes the other way. <laughs> you see someone who's like emotionally unstable. And then they're like, the people around me helped me see that I couldn't be a basket case all the time. I needed a... I needed to get my crap together sometimes. But it is really important for us to have that, um, to be able to have that, um, just that balance in our lives. Um, the second thing is, is that um, one, of the, one of the problems with us only going with people who are just like us is God says that it's sinful and he commands us not to do it. In Romans 12:16, it says, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. A lot of times the reason why we're unwilling to go maybe and become someone else's keeper is because we think we're better than them. We're like, eh, like I said, there's too much baggage there. Or mm, I'm to this level and she's not there. Or she thinks she's here and I don't want to be anything like that. And it's, it's really important for us to see that that, that, con- that, that mean girl, that conceitedness, that, that, um, that pride to not associate with someone who we think mm, is maybe not w- worthy of my time is, is sinful, and it goes against what God says. Um, in Philippians 2, 3, it says, do not, do not act out of selfish ambition or conceit, but with humility think of others as better than yourselves. Um, you know, you, like... It's just really, really important for us to always see the girls around us and think, what can I do to help benefit their relationship with God? How can we live in harmony? How can we take care of each other? You know, maybe maybe they really are struggling. Like, maybe there's, like, this need inside of them, like, something that wasn't, wasn't fulfilled growing up, you know? I have a lot of friendships, I think, with younger girls who just did not have that mother figure at all where their moms were just maybe completely out of the picture or very harsh or whatever else. And although I don't like to think of myself as old enough to be everyone, like to be people's mother figure, I did realize at a a pretty young age, actually, that we all are kind of looking for that, even in our friendships. And that's not to say we be codependent and expect someone to be our mommy. Again, there's always two extremes to every situation. But a lot of times I've heard a lot of girls talk about how they just wish they had a mom looking out for them. And sometimes they fight it the hardest when somebody steps in their life and says, what are you doing? 
Like why, why, especially when it comes to guys, but then when you get to the real root of the matter, the real root of their heart, they're like, you know what? My mom never, I felt like she never cared enough to say, what the heck? You're better than that. So I'm fighting it, but I really want it. I really do want someone to say, you're better than that. Don't do that. Or, you know, whatever it might be. But because we, we have so many of us that we're just laughing at in our own personal lives, um, and it could, it, it could just be even just basic friendships, our expectations of friendships. I think about my friendships in high school, and I'm just, I would say it's night and day for my relationships in God's kingdom, but I, and that's not even a far enough, like, difference between the two. Because I literally can't think of a single person I was friends with in high school that gave a crap whether or not I went to heaven or hell. I didn't have a single friend that ever came to me one time or like, you seem like you're not yourself. What's going on with you? Do you need to talk? Like, I can't think one time of one single person who ever wanted a friendship with me that didn't benefit them. And then when it didn't, they were done with it. And that should be so different in how our relationships are with one another. Um, it, it, it's just... It goes down to every single thing we're going to talk about in probably every single lesson this entire week is that, of course, we have the very most important thing in common is our relationship with God. So if I have zero in common with anybody else in this room, it doesn't matter because I love God and you love God and we're trying our best to be daughters of God that are pleasing to him. We have that in common, most important thing, right then and there. It, it does not matter. It doesn't matter if you have curly hair like me, which I don't have right now, but you know, like, it doesn't matter if you are more athletic. It doesn't matter if you're really good at singing and I'm super jealous of that. It doesn't matter. Any of those things don't matter. And I can honestly say most of my closest friends that help me grow the most in my relationship with God, that are my keepers, are my are my people, are my women. They are so different than me. It's not even funny. It's not even funny. Even like when I walked into the room that we stayed in, and I looked at, I carried my bag that my husband makes me have a suitcase that's a carry-on size and carry-on size only. My son forgot my toiletry bag, so I had a I have a toothbrush and toothpaste on me. That's it. <laughs> and then I have uh, I think two pairs of leggings and three T-shirts is what I packed. And I look over, and I see these gigantic suitcases in, like, the corner. And I was like, that's Katie's suitcase, isn't it? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, are you serious? But, like, I look, and I'm like, we couldn't be more different. Like, literally two completely opposite from the way we pack to come on this trip is so completely different. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. Like, those kind of things that used to seem like they would be such a big deal to me, it it doesn't matter. Like, I look at Courtney. She's, like, we both go to the same CrossFit class, and she goes so that she can, like, get bigger and do whatever, and I'm, like, there trying to shrink. She, like, does fashion and, what you know, and, like, worked at a shoe place and all this other stuff. I, I mean, other than a few things about our past, which I don't think we would have even probably known had we not worked on a relationship, a friendship for the past few years, um, we couldn't be more opposite. And that's why it's funny because she like turned me onto this one coffee place and every time I go there I Snapchat her a picture of it because that's what we have in common. Like but then like you know now we're like oh well we have blue bloods in common now and we have this, you know, and you it's funny because you try to find those little things in somebody who is the complete opposite of you naturally.
Um, so that is one of the most important things um, with our association, is that we just don't count somebody out because they're maybe different than us. Um, the second thing is the, um, oh, so you can kind of grade yourself on this. Um, a, I'm a keeper, I'm care, I care, I'm committed, I am looking, always looking to diversify my group, I'm always looking to expand my group, to bring new people in, to make sure that we are welcoming and opening. Um, uh, or do I just avoid it? Am I a destroyer? Do I, do I not care about basically anybody else but what's going on in my own life or maybe my small clique of people who are like me? Okay, the second thing is... Um, the accountability test. I can't be a keeper without accountability. Um, the question I need to ask myself is, am I committed to my girls in a way that helps both myself and her be more godly? You know, as we talked about kind of a little bit before, you know, Abel was more spiritual at that time than Cain, and he brought the right thing. But also, like, we need to ask ourselves, like, did Abel go to Cain and be like, yo, bro? you should bring what God told you to bring. <laughs> like, or was he just like, I brought the right thing. <laughs> I'm like I said, two teenagers right now. And I totally see how this plays out. One's like, look at me. I did the right thing. Aren't, aren't I your favorite now? And the other one's like, I hate you. You always do that. You always kiss up and stuff. And I, my 14 year old literally asked me every day, I'm your favorite, right? I'm your favorite, right? And I'm like, no, bro, I don't have favorites. But I do see this, and, you know, there was obviously something there in their relationship that really did pull it apart. And maybe it was just that Cain was just super bitter and jealous and didn't care. But if you're looking at your relationships with your girls, especially the ones in your ministry, if you have a small group, and the, the larger scale, your, your ministry, your close girls, you know, if you're... Um, if you are maybe the one that you find yourself more in the, in the able, you're maybe you're a little bit more spiritual, you've been around longer, maybe you're a little bit stronger in your faith, um, you have an obligation to have that patience and help those who are weaker. Um, in scripture, you can either see it one way or the other. You know, you see the Pharisees, and it says that they tied up heavy loads, but they don't lift a finger to help anyone. Are you someone who puts these standards on people? Like, well, you didn't do this, or you didn't do this, and you're very, like, quick to challenge and to be very harsh and be very legalistic, but you're not willing to go and be like, hey, I notice that you're really struggling with this. It's not okay, but what can I do to help you? Do you need something from me? How can I be there for you? Um, but then you also see other you also see other examples of maybe somebody who's a little bit more spiritually strong, like Paul was with Timothy. Like it's my fa- one of my favorite relationships to look at because he was like Timothy, you better do the right thing. You better do this. You know what to do. This is the right thing. But he was also very encouraging to him. You know, ask yourself like, am I as encouraging with people as I am challenging with them? And also, do I hold people accountable as much as I tell them what they want to hear? Um, it's not okay for us to be to to put standards on people, even if they're super godly and they're the right thing, but to not help them and to not be there for them when they're really struggling. Um, if I'm going to really be my sister's keeper, that means I'm going to protect her, even even against herself. But that sometimes means going in there and really, and I mean really, getting your hands dirty. Um, I don't know how many of you guys have ever heard. There's a song called Craig by, oh, I'm totally blanking on the on the country, but it made me bawl my eyes out. And it's this country artist, and he's talking about this time in his life when his label got, like, dropped him. And he, what, he has six kids, and he couldn't even, like, 
put them all in the same car because, um, well, he put them all in the same car, but one of their cars got repossessed because he lost his record deal and he was so broke. So he had all six of his kids sitting in a minivan and didn't have enough. And he talks about meeting this guy, Craig, at church. And I swear, I bolt every single time I hear it because he says, like, he asked me how I was doing. And when he found out about this, I think the line is like a simple, I'm praying for you would have probably been enough. But he took it a step further. And it talks about how this guy, like, finds him on the ball field one day with all of his kids. And him and his wife are there. And he signs over the title to his other minivan so that he can have one. And he just talks about... Um, I, it's, I, even if you don't like country, <laughs> you should totally listen to this song because it really exemplifies that, like, not just being like, how are you doing? I pray for you. Because it's so easy for us to say that. Even when people are hurting, even with me, sometimes I'm like, what can I do for you? Let me know if you need anything. But, man, I see people that are like, I'm not just going to be like, let me know if you need anything. Like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to find a need that you have. And I'm going to be persistent in making sure that I'm taking care of you. And um, he says, like, in the song, he's like, he never walked on water, but he knows someone who did. And he might not be the light of the earth um, or whatever, but... uh, but he's close with the man who is. And it just he talks about how, like, Craig's not your typical church guy. Like, he really loves people. He really cares about people. And um, I, every time I hear that song, it just reminds me that it, I, it's real easy to sit here and be like, hope you're doing okay. Sorry that that's going on with you. Or I can step down like Jesus did and came down from earth to, to heaven and how, how he set that example and how we're supposed to be. Um, if you find yourself on the other side, or maybe you're new, maybe you're, maybe you haven't been around for a long time. Maybe you see yourself as like less spiritual or maybe weaker than other people. Um, that accountability from others can also cause you to be prideful in a different sense. You know, um, you look at Cain and his brother's example and the awareness of what he should do instead of using that as an example and being like, you're right. I I should, I could be more like that. Um, like he pouted, he became jealous He's angry, you know, he eventually killed him over it. And for a lot of us, I think this is where we take ourselves. Oh, I see somebody. Yeah, they might have my best interest at heart. Yeah, maybe it took them a lot of guts to come to me and say something to me and care enough about me to hold me accountable. But my response is going to be, you don't know me or get out of my life or it's not your business. Who the heck do you think you are? Maybe be angry, jealous of maybe like, oh, it's easy for you to say because everything goes really well for you, even though maybe their life is going better because they choose to do the right thing. And I, I, I mean, it couldn't be more clear in the way God talks to him. You're mad. You're jealous. You're upset because you chose to do the wrong thing instead of being like, I can do the right thing and be good with God. And so it's really important for us to make sure that we're not on one, one extreme or the other. So if you, if you do find yourself to be maybe one of the more spiritual girls that are here, somebody who's been around longer, ask yourself some of these questions. When I speak my sister's name, what words follow? Um, when I think of or hear her name, what looks come to my face? Man, I can't hide anything with a look on my face. I may be able to keep the words inside my mouth or in my head, but man, there are certain people that someone says their name and I'm just like, like it's so written all over my face. Ask yourself that. Like if somebody's like, oh, so-and-so and everyone's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, ugh. Um, 
does the maybe maybe a weaker sister know that I'm there for her? Like I said, is it like one of those things where like they're like I'm here for you, or do you know that you can call that that um that sh- that they can call you at three o'clock in the morning, that they can send you that text and you're not gonna ignore it if they're like I'm struggling, that you're like what do you need? I'm there for you. I'm gonna make this happen. If they're like if they reach out to you in any way to get help, are you there for them? Um, does she really know and feel loved by me? Do I go out of my way to do things for her? Um, do I exclude people? I mean, that's just like a huge thing to, for me even to just make sure that I'm being very aware of, of being inclusive. Um, and just one of the big things is do I go out of my way um, like the above and beyond to get to know where pe- people's hurts, who people really are on the inside? Because no matter what image that we portray, um, we're all, we all are damaged in some way. We all have a hurt. We all have that place in our heart where somebody, if anything goes near it, we say, mm, and we like, nope, we're going to shut that door. I don't want to go there. That hurts too bad. But it's really important for us to be vulnerable, to be open, to really know each other. If you call someone your best friend or you call someone, you would say you are someone's keeper and you guys don't know that ugly, ugly, ugly sides of each other, like, then you really, really need to reevaluate these things. If you find yourself on the other side, maybe you're somebody who's more in the cane situation, um, do I pout about the person who is looking, who is looked to as a leader among my peers? Am I, am I jealous of anyone do I talk bad about, about her to others? Um, do I try to turn any, any people against her? Do I find myself angry with her when she's trying to, to guide me or to hold me accountable or to, to move me to a, to a better place? And lastly, do, do I just avoid? <laughs> Sometimes we know that someone is going to want to say something to us or we know that maybe we're involved in something or we've done something or whatever. And we, there's just, you know there's that person that you want to avoid because you know they're not going to let you get by with it. And that's the person you need to call ASAP. I always know if there's somebody I'm like, I hope that person doesn't come up to me and say anything because I'll be a wreck and they'll let, and they'll see the real me or whatever. Sometimes I'll get a text message. I actually got one on the way here from someone and it said, I had 24 hours to call you and let you know that I'm not doing really good right now because they knew that you've been my person for 10 years and I needed to let you know that this was what was going on in my life. Like we need to make sure that we have those relationships with one another. So kind of give yourself you know, kind of grade yourself on that schedule, on that, on those, ask yourself like, okay, if I look at it and I say, yeah, I'm pretty accountable to people. And yeah, I hold people accountable. You need to ask yourself, how do I really do on those things? Um, and the third thing is the affection test. I can't be, a, I can't be my sister's keeper if I don't really care. Um, the question I ask myself here is, do I love her with all my heart and do my, and my actions, or is that love just a word? Um, we're going to kind of look through First John through this one, 3. Um, 11, it says, For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Don't be like Cain who murdered his brother. That affection is going to be revealed in our actions. Like, how do we know that Cain hated Abel? His actions proved it. Um, how can I tell if I really, truly love someone or whether or not I despise them? It's going to show up in my actions. Um, you know, what does that hate look like? Um, it's, it's jealousy, it's anger, it's, you know, it's that, 
it's so it's I think it's easy for us to kind of blow off this because we're like I'm not murdering in the in the physical like um sense but a lot of times we have we have murdered relationships with one another people who should have had a chance at having a good relationship with God don't because of the way that we have interacted with them and that's everyone's accountable for their own relationship but I know I've looked at people and been like man you know what she burned me and she did me dirty and I cut her off and then she walked away from her relationship with God and that's on me it is like you know maybe I just felt like I'm so tired of dealing with the same thing over and over and over again so maybe I avoided it and I wasn't there when she really truly needed me and a relationship from God just you know maybe it was like we should get lunch sometime and I'm like yeah we should but I was like I'm really busy and I don't really have time for that and then months down the road I'm like that was a that was a very very subtle I really need someone to talk to and I wasn't there for them you know and or it might be more to the extent of maybe it's more harsh maybe you really are like mean Maybe you're really, maybe somebody holds you accountable and you lash out and you say hurtful things and you cut people and you know exactly how to put up a wall and get someone to leave you the heck alone and you murder that relationship. You have put up, the people the most that are like, people are not there for me are the people that are like shoving people away at full force and every time someone comes near them, they like, they cut them with their words or their actions and then they're like, people aren't there for me and I'm like, you know what, to a certain, at a certain point in time, people are going to learn, like a wounded animal, to leave you the heck alone because you, because you don't want it. You have murdered that relationship. Um, You look at, uh, verse uh, verse 12 of that, First John 3, it says, why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. A lot of times our relationships are murdered because of the sin that is not being dealt with in our, in our lives. And it may be the sin on both parts. It might be there's sin there and one person's not saying what they need to say. And guys, I would rather have people be so mad at me and not want to be my friend anymore than know that someday I get up to heaven and God says, you knew that and you said nothing to them because you are selfish. I would rather someone be mad at me for a couple days and come back later and be like, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. Like, and it's not that I was right, but God was right. God's word was right. And if I'm going to people with God's word, then I can be confident in knowing that I am holding people accountable the right way. Um, verse 15 says, Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Guys, it is so important that we deeply, deeply love one another. No matter, in spite of what is going on, whether or not you are exactly what I want you to be, or whether I'm doing everything 100% right. The Bible says that if we do not love one another, we, we despise one another, we're the same as a murderer, and we will not have the right kind of relationship with God. We will not have eternal life, and that is really, really important. Not only will somebody else maybe not have the right kind of relationship with God because I'm not being who I need to be, but I also put my own relationship with God in jeopardy, and that's terrifying to me. 
And then in verse 16, it says, this is how we know what, what love is. Christ Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us love, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. How do I feel for people? And are you compassionate? When you see somebody hurting or somebody struggling, does it, does it hurt you to your core? Does it drive you to do something about it? If you see someone who's struggling with their relationship with God, are you like, I'm, I mean, that girl who sent me the text originally, I said, I do need you to know that I will hunt you down and I will find you no matter what. If you're struggling, you're not going anywhere. And she did something back like, I need you to know I'm not going anywhere. I'm just having a hard time seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. But I'm like, okay, well, you need to know that we will fight. And we will, go, we will go down and dirty as much as we need to because you're not going anywhere. And I'm going to fight, fight, fight for you. And she's somebody that's easy for me to do because I've loved her with my whole heart for a long time. But I don't know if I show that kind of love and compassion to, to everyone. And that's something that really challenges me that I can't just hold that in and be exclusive with it. Like, well, these three people really have my heart and I'll fight to the death for them. But I need all of you to know that I would come to you and be like, what are you doing? Why? I love you. Don't do that. I will fight for you. Um, and, and does this compassion that I feel for people, would I, would I be willing to give up my time, my energy, and my possessions? Some of you guys are super good with your possessions. I have a sister that will literally, and I mean literally, give someone the shirt off her back. She is poor, so poor. I'm not saying like, no, she's poor. And, and yet she would take anyone in off the street and put them up in her house. Like she has a two-bedroom house, not a nice area. She will... Like, even here this weekend, I sometimes have to watch her and be like, who are you giving money to? Why are you giving that person money? Stop buying that person lunch. Like, to the point where it is ridiculous. Like, all the kids knew in the, in the room in there with the, what's it called? The arcade. They all knew who to go to. Like, a bunch of us are standing around and, they're, mm, and then she walks in and they're like, can I have a dollar? And they knew she would give them a dollar. Because she's just that person. If it's her material possession, she's going to give it away. Same thing with, like, time and energy and stuff, too. But especially material stuff. There's never going to be anyone who's going to be sick or go to the hospital or anything else. They're not going to have a hot meal waiting at their house from her when they get back. You know, things like that. And there, for some of us, that's an easy thing. For some of us, for some of you, it's not. For some of you, like, we're like in a room and we're like, uh, I really need to borrow that, but it's so and so and so. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, don't, 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 don't touch that. That's hers. She'll lose her mind. Like, you know, and it can be something as simple as that. You know, um, if uh, with our time, time for me is that's that thing that I'm just like, oh, it's so hard. Like I can either run myself ragged or I can be like, I really need to hold on to my time. But it's some one of those things where like if somebody needs you, are you there for them to hear them? Um, and that energy, just like even if you're there, are you there? Are you really present? Are you really involved in someone's life? So, you know, ask yourself these questions Are, with these three things. Am I my sister's keeper? Am I there in the association? Am I there in the accountability? Am I there in the affection? Like I said, that's awesome if you're somebody who holds somebody accountable and you say the things people need to say. But if you are not loving and you're not encouraging and you're not there in the times when maybe it's not sinful but they just need somebody there, then it doesn't matter. 
vice versa. You can be sweet and you can be kind and you can love people and you can bake them food and you can give them money when they need it. But if you don't care enough to say the hard things when you see them struggling, you also don't fully love them and you're not fully keeping and protecting that goal of our relationship with God. So I just ask us all to look at those questions and see how we are, but also make sure that we don't just say, oh, that's nice, I should do those things. But they're all things that we can put into practice right now, today. We all know probably somebody in our ministry that is struggling that we need to go to and be like, okay, cards on the table. What's really going on with you? You know, or, hey, I know I've been a real pansy about this, but there's something in your life. Here's where scripture says it's wrong. Please, I am begging you to, to repent and to change. Maybe you're just somebody you're really quiet and you're shy and you just need to get out of your shell and just make have that association. I promise you, as a former quiet, shy cry of someone talked to me, to, it is so worth it to put yourself out there. Because for every person who acts like a butt and rejects you, in God's family, you're going to find people that are going to accept you and love you. And, and if you're somebody who's stronger, reach out to somebody who's weaker. If you're somebody who really finds yourself struggling, you find yourself weaker, find somebody this weekend who's stronger. Attach yourself to them. Say, I need to learn from you. I need to, I need to grow in this. Find somebody this weekend who is the complete opposite of you. Like, maybe you're like, I'm really scared to talk to people. You're super evangelistic. Can I follow you around and learn how you do it? I physically had to do that when I first came around. Do find people who are really good at just talking to people and be like, teach me how to communicate with other people and learn how to do it and watch them and, and let down our pride and let down our defenses because we're so much stronger together. I want to pray and we'll be done. Um, dear Heavenly Father, um, again, thank you for allowing us to come together, God. I pray that we will see our relationships with each other as one of our greatest assets to benefit your kingdom, God. I know that that was the thing that totally 100% won me over when I first came around was seeing other girls love each other and care about each other and not be catty and just say the things they needed to, but then also care about me deeply, even though they barely knew me, God. And I could honestly say I would not be or would not have the life I, I would have if it wouldn't have been for those girls who showed me that at 17 years old on a college campus, God. I pray that we will go back and we will, other girls will see our relationships with one another and be like, that's so that's so different, but it's what I so desperately desire and need. And they'll, they'll seek after a relationship with you because of but the example that we set, God. Thank you for the girls that are here. Thank you for them sitting and listening because I know that this is something I'm not the greatest speaker. And this is not my natural strength, God. But I feel so very passionately about it. And I know you've worked this in my life, God. So I pray that, um, that everyone will just, will just be able to catch that, that passion and desire to have the close-knit girls group in their life, God. Um, thank you for giving us each other to be each other's keeper. And just say, amen.